Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backward. With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello, welcome to a new episode of Ten Backward, the UK-based podcast talking about all things Star Trek. Uh, this week we are continuing our, um, our piloting of my new podcast idea of looking at lesser popular episodes of Star Trek and seeing if we can find some redeeming value in them. Uh, this time I have a guest with me. I have Rebecca Lockley. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. Hi. Thank you very much for coming on and joining us. Uh, we are going to talk about the Season 6 Next Generation episode, Suspicions. Uh, which for some reason, I don't even understand. I'm just going to put it out there right now. I love this episode. However... It's brilliant. It is, yeah. It's actually the, the second lowest scoring episode on IMDb for Series 6 of Next Gen. Seriously? Yeah, only Aquiel rates Oh, no, that, I, didn't, I didn't know it was that low. Wait. Second, yeah, only Aquiel rates worse. Okay, so you're telling me that some of those season one episodes that are absolutely hideous. Oh no, sorry. Are you talking in terms no, of the just, season? Just for season oh, okay. six. Okay, I was going to say, wait a minute. Not overall. <laughs> okay, yeah. good. Okay, now I feel a little bit better. But even so, if we go, like, if we go, yeah. if we wow. go to Trek ranks, out of 176 Next Generation episodes, Suspicions is 164. Oh, so it's still pretty low. So, yeah, yeah, it's like the the twelfth lowest. Oh, that's really it's sad. Like, oh dear. Yeah. I don't think I want to know what else is uh, down there because I'll probably be equally upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna upset you. Tell you where Sub Rosa comes then. Oh, I was gonna say it's probably way way low. <laughs> It'll be like nobody likes Sub Rosa. Nobody likes Attached. <laughs> yeah. But Nobody now, likes Remember Me, you know. And those are all Beverly Crusher episodes. I mean, the cards on the table, that's why I'm particularly, I wanted to, um, to ask you on this episode, is because uh, you know, somehow you've picked this reputation up as being a bit of a Beverly Crusher fan. Yeah, I don't really know where that came from. I, could uh, it, I, you know, could, could, <laughs> it, could it be because I run a Gates page and, um, you know, dress up as Beverly at conventions and um, own the Subrosa candle. I have a miniature Beverly that goes everywhere with me. I, well, in I fairness, you also have a miniature Picard. So I do, I do, and actually, they're they're on, they're on the desk with me. <laughs> Excellent. They are here for the podcast. <laughs> yes, a, a third and fourth guests for the evening. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be pretty quiet though, but you know. So, um, as a brief recap, suspicions opens with. Uh, in her quarters and uh, Guinan comes to visit complaining of tennis elbow um, and Beverly tells her she'll have to go to sick bay get treated Guinan only wants the chief medical officer to treat her and Beverly says that's not her because she's no longer um, a doctor on the ship dun 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 yeah. credits. what the hell has happened what um, <laughs> so, so uh, Beverly relates the story to Guinan that she was her interest was caught by a Ferengi scientist who was developing a new type of shielding that could allow a ship to uh, go into a sun. Sounds pretty cool. 
no one was really on board with their idea. So she invited a few scientists that would come to the enterprise to hear this scientist out and see what's going on. Um, so we see this cool little group of scientists. There's a Klingon, a Vulcan, a human, and a Takaran, which we've not seen a Takaran before. And this Ferengi scientist is like really into a shield, telling everyone all about it. They agree on um, the Takaran guy taking a shuttle into the sun to test it. Something goes wrong and he's killed. Um, it looks like the shield is flawed. And then the Frankie scientist seems to uh, commit suicide um, because his idea didn't work. Beverly's suspicious. She thinks this is, she calls bullshit on this and thinks this guy is not going to have killed himself. Um, and even though Picard says the Frankie family do not want an autopsy, she autopsies him and finds nothing. Which, uh, which then puts her in a very awkward position. Picard has to basically fire her, and she's waiting for a shuttle back to Earth to get uh, a severe telling off. Dynan's all a bit like more bothered about a tennis elbow, and when Beverly says, "What your tennis elbow? I've just told you I've been fired," Picard says, "Oh, well, no, I'll do something about it." So Beverly does do something about it, ends up taking the shuttle out for another test to prove her point, where she finds the Takaran pilot is still alive and faked his own death, and then killed the Doctor to steal the technology for himself. So Beverly does the only thing she can do. She shoots him, and when that doesn't work, because there's just a... She fights him! Oh, she does fight him first, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then she shoots a big hole right through him. He's still alive, so she vaporises him. And then that means that the Ferengi family are okay about the autopsy they didn't authorise, and everything's okay again. So I think I, I got everything in that. I think so, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah why why is this episode unappreciated i mean i think it's just that so many people when they watch tng they want to see picard they want to see data they want to see Worf. they want to see Riker. and mm. with the exception of a couple of scenes i mean picard is in it quite a bit because obviously he's the captain and he's you know, finding out what Beverly's done. But, mm. but for the most part, most of the main principle, they're not in it that much. I mean, there's like one or two lines that I think Deanna Troy has in the whole entire episode. Yeah. Um, and then there's that awkward scene with Beverly and Riker in the hallway where he's like, I just want to tell you, you shouldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, okay. Well, <laughs> See this 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 winds me up actually. That scene particularly aggravated me. Um, I was I was I was fortunate enough to be on uh, Trek ranks earlier in the year. We were talking about underappreciated characters, and I cited Beverly Crusher in particular in this episode. Yeah, that she is unappreciated by her supposed friends because and Riker in particular. Because if you think back to um, Oh, the episode the uh, the episode where Riker falls in love with Soren, um, who's okay. The, um, yeah, um, they, they the basically the race have no gender, and but Soren starts to identify as female. I know which episode you're talking about. It's going to drive me nuts until I figure out the title of that episode. It's there the, we go. The outcast, yeah. Um, and so, and yeah. so Riker and Soren begin this relationship, but then um, it's discovered by her people's government, and they, they take her off for corrective conditioning, so she won't have, she won't identify as with as any particular gender anymore. Um, so Riker's response in 
is is to get pretty mad. And then Worf helps him stage like a commando raid on the courtroom. And I'm just like, well, where, where's where's Beverly's help? No one's coming in with saying, "All oh, right, yeah. who, need, who needs a commando raid or something like that?" They're saying, "Bev, you need to sit tight and not yeah. do anything to upset anybody." Now, flipping it, Riker, you commando raided a flipping courtroom, and Worf is right there with you. Oh, so I just I know, and you're telling her not to rock the boat. Yeah, yeah, and Picard, <sighs> Picard's like saying, "Oh, I don't really know how much I can protect you." It's like flipping it, you guys. And it was one of you guys. You're all up breaking orders, stealing starships. I mean, I mean, when Picard says that, you know, yeah, when he says, "Well, I don't know how much I can protect you," I'm always like, "Protect her from what?" Like she knows that she shouldn't have done it. She even walked into his quarters and said, "You're not gonna like what I just did." So she knows, like, you know, right off the bat, she's telling him, "You're gonna be mad at me." And then when he turns around and is, you know, and tries to like pretend like he's not mad, and it's like, no, just be mad because she said she'd make you mad. You know, I guess I can understand maybe the protection line from the standpoint of like, I don't want to lose my chief medical officer, maybe, or I don't want my friend to lose her job. But yeah, it was just, there was an awful lot of, you know, then like with Picard, if you go back to like the Remember Me episode, he was trusted. Okay, so that was kind of technically in her mind, but he was trusting everything she was saying. And in, uh, we were talking about that other episode with the um, clues and um, where he was listening to what Beverly was saying. And now all of a sudden he's like, I'll try to protect I think, you. I think maybe actually Picard is protecting other members of his crew from stuff like, I suppose technically, you know, there was the episode reunion where um, when where Worf went and did a murder of a of a, a Klingon dignitary, which, um, yeah, he had motivation. That, that Klingon had already done a murder. But um, yeah. there's probably a few Klingon issues that, uh, Worf, that Picard's maybe run interference with Worf for. Yeah, I mean, I guess Picard may, maybe he just feels really protective over his yeah. crew. And and I suppose we can also argue that he feels extra protective over Beverly because mm. she's Beverly. <laughs> you know, um, but it does seem very strange that that's his response is just like, I'll try to protect yeah. you. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> thanks for that. Um, but yeah, like I'm going through the... Um, I'm looking at the yeah. the script right now, um, and I can't even find that really weird. Um, oh yeah, the, the, here's the the Riker scene where he's just like, "It'll work out." You know, Captain Picard will do everything he can, <laughs> and Beverly's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure that'll help," <laughs> because yeah. she knows he's, he's already kind of said that he can't do a lot. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. you know, and then she's just like, your concern is noted. <laughs> I like, know, she shuts him down. Yeah, she's pretty mad at you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just go away, yeah. you know. Oh, and I think I found the two lines from, from Deanna in the whole thing where she's like, I'm concerned about Beverly because she's avoiding me. Yeah. And then, then Picard says, <laughs> I'm not surprised. And then it's, it's almost like I'm not surprised. Yeah. You're really annoying, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like she doesn't. She's talking yeah. to Guinan, which 
Actually, though, that also sort of surprised me because you always sort of get that impression that, you know, Beverly and Deanna are the best friends on mm. the ship. Um, or at least that's the way they kind of make you try and think it. And then here's this episode where Beverly is just pouring everything out to Guinan. Yeah. Well, there, I mean, there's a there's a slight trend in Next Generation, I think, when Guinan turned up. She she was often a better counsellor than Troy ever was, or at least sort of some... <laughs> That's like terrible, but true. I think it's the way it's written. I think they wrote more effective counselling scenes for Guinan than they ever did for Troy. And um, it's not right, but I kind of think it's there sometimes. Yeah, I think you might be right there. Yeah. But that was the one thing that I also wondered was like, how did Guinan know to just like show up at Beverly's quarters? Because of course, in the end, we learned that Guinan faked the whole tennis elbow thing. I know. I love that moment. That was such a good so, one. It's like, well, then why did she go to Beverly? And that and a small, tiny part of me wants to be like, well, Picard sent her. Oh, yeah. You know, I- like that. That that little part of me that is is very much the little shipper yeah. is like, oh, Picard sent Guinan because he knew that Beverly would talk to her instead of instead of Deanna and um, you know. I, I just put it down to she's space Gandalf. She just she just knows. Well, this is true. She yeah. is. She knows everything. When, when the timeline changes, she, she knows. Listens. So <laughs> so she easily yeah. finds, she easily knows that. Well, she's always just like yeah. She's like I listen. I'm a listener. <laughs> yeah that that's always her her stick is you know which is which again is why she does make a very effective counselor <laughs> yeah. paired with the fact that she's a bartender I, you know most people get their counseling from the bartender well yeah i mean that's <laughs> that is established way back in the cage that's a that's a staple of star trek right back from the very original first pilot uh when dr boyce turns up in pike's court you know tell me your troubles so yeah I like to imagine that there was someone in 10 forward halfway through ordering a drink and Guinan suddenly stopped and was like, Dr. Crusher Crusher needs me, like runs out the door, bashing her elbow on the side deliberately on the way out to fake an injury. Yeah. (laughs) But but I was ordering a drink. You you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to write a thick and put that in it. (laughs) Yeah. Some poor guy in there is wait is waiting a whole episode for for a, for a drink and uh, before Guinan comes back <laughs> for his drink. Yeah, it's like been hours. <laughs> then Guinan just comes back, calmly pours him his drink. <laughs> just like fine now. Oh dear. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, it, it's a I, it's a fantastic episode for for Beverly Crusher. She has some some amazing moments in this, I think. Um, yes. She um, when she. Sorry, I've got notes, but I can't I read my thinking, own handwriting. Um, a couple of standout moments is when she starts investigating <laughs> a murder, and she confronts the Klingon scientist. Um, oh yeah. And. Um, the, the, so the Klingon type, she she takes I, very badly to the the veiled accusation, um, pushes Beverly over. And Beverly's like, yeah, you're going to yeah, have to push. You're going to have to throw me harder than that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yes. Beverly's facing down a Klingon. She's, up, she's literally just not bothered. It's like, 
yeah, whatever, you're going to have to try it better I mean, but she's not afraid. I mean, she's like, with the exception of being afraid of heights, she's pretty fearless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was. She's totally... You know, and plus she's been dealing with war. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but yeah, the Klingon, that, that with her, when she just went at the Klingon, I was like, yeah. holy shit. Oh, that was an awesome moment. <laughs> And then she does it again because there's a bit of a, you know, with the Dura sisters as well, you know, and and you just think like, gosh, Beverly, you 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 just no. aren't afraid, are no, you? She's, no, she's absolutely, she's not. absolutely badass. Um, you know, and she, she doesn't back down either when she wants to find a solution. Mm. Uh, you know, she doesn't back down until she gets that solution. Uh, much probably to the detriment of, you know, Picard. Because <laughs> he would probably be quite happy yes, if she would yeah. just leave it alone. Yeah, I think that everyone is kind of like, just leave, just leave this. But she won't. She's tenacious. She's not going to give up on this. And she knows she's right. And ultimately, she is right, which is great. And it was interesting as well, because when, you know, she was looking at Joe Burrill, and um, I guess I guess that was an autopsy that she was doing but not like in mm. the traditional cut you up kind of way, which also makes me wonder why were the Ferengi so opposed to it if there wasn't any actual like slicing into your body, mm. but whatever. <laughs> but, you know, and she was saying all these things about how like, this is really weird. You know, this is cellular decay. It's not, you know, it's slow. And, and Picard's yeah. just like, it's you'll figure it out. Actually a bit. Yeah. yeah. Like pat you on the head. You'll work it out. <laughs> yeah. Don't stress. You'll be fine. So you know, and when he gives her that little speech about you're the loneliest person in the world right now, um, you know, and, and I don't know, is there like a quota where like every certain number of episodes, Picard has to give a speech that is vaguely motivational? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Is uh, I, I, I sort of did a double take when that was that bit was on. I was like, what? What do you mean? She's got loads of friends. What are you chatting about? And then I realized, oh, you mean because yeah, she's, you know. she's she sort of feels that it was it was her mission almost, and she sort of sent a pile off and being killed. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like his intentions were really good when he was asking her, you know, are you doing this for Dr. Rega? Are you doing this for yourself? Mm. And I feel like his intentions were there because he was trying to get her to sort of see that, you know, her own personal interests were crossing over with wanting to find out why Dr. Rega died. But I do feel like he went about it in a totally wrong way. Mm. Um, because after when she's like, what do you mean? He could have been like, you know, well, um, you feel guilty right now because Rega died. And that's understandable. <laughs> you know, but instead he's like, you know, you're the loneliest person in the world. No one can do anything that can help. And it's like, really? That's a bit yeah. sweetest. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Not going to make her feel better right now. You know, like, you know, are you, are you are you trying to just completely get her to dismiss the whole, like, somebody, two people are dead yeah. <laughs> and they don't know why? Like, surely that's like, yeah. you know. Um, it, it did feel a lot like this was, I don't know. This was Beverly against the world, this episode. Um yeah. So when, they, when they find Dr. Rager, Worf's kind of just, yep, suicide. Um, and Beverly's like, yeah, but isn't it weird that he's yeah. clutching that, you know, oh, that thing? Maybe so, he was gripping it. Oh, it's probably a sorry, I don't know. Yeah. Worf's just like, let's just say it's suicide. I've got yeah, enough paperwork. Then... I'm, I'm not in the mood. You know, 
Yeah. Next episode, I'm going to find he's like, you know, Is your examination complete? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It was just very, he was even really dismissive. And that surprised me as well because Worf knows that Beverly is a strong person. Mm. Well, so it did feel a bit, I don't know. I mean, who wrote this episode? <laughs> Interesting. The very, the very next episode, did somebody um, like Worf says, oh, "I'm really struggling with my Klingon spirituality, and I need to go to Boreth." And that's when he meets the clone of Kalis. So I'm just going to chalk Worf's disinterest up to his his his, his, his issues with oh, his own yeah. faith. He's like totally switched off. I thought maybe maybe they were like trying to do that. Yeah, maybe they were trying to have him be not as into his life on the on the ship i don't to kind of start setting the scene for that but yeah, yeah. he just felt very disinterested a bit too much credit there yeah but then the thing is is <laughs> yeah. even data was a bit dismissive as well yeah um like when they were examining the shuttle and you know beverly was like well was it um you know uh something i forget what she asked him about uh if i scroll through this i'll probably mm. find it in a second but um you know, she's like, oh, well, what she was it asking be- about sabotage. Yeah. Oh, she's like, did you find anything? And um, Data's like, you know, well, perhaps there was unexpected yeah. interaction. You know, and it's like, no, like, no. <laughs> because even she says to to um, to Jordy, you know, um, you know, could this have caused damage to organic tissue? And Jordy says, I don't know, which is fair mm. enough because Jordy's an engineer, not a biologist, you know. And at that point, I feel like that is when Jordy should have handed his yeah. tricorder to Beverly and been like, here, you know, here's what I scanned. Go and do your biology stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the entire crew just a little bit switched off. I was like, why people? None of you were, none of you were bothered. I mean, yeah. You know, and obviously Picard cared enough about this when Beverly said to him, hey, can I bring these scientists on board and do an experiment? Uh, You know, and he gave permission. So it's not like he's upset that these other people are on the ship. Yeah, and that's just, that's not normal, you know, but an accident happening like that, and then them just going, oh, well, life goes on, like, that's not how life on the Enterprise works. (laughs) Stuff goes wrong, you figure out why, (laughs) like, you know, so, but then, of course, they're also, I do wonder, though, um, could Picard's distaste for the Ferengi have anything to do with it? Well, yeah, I mean... That that Ferengi scientist at one point says, "Oh, I know I had the Ferengi viewed." Um, it's like, well, actually, yeah, they all just to be like, Bleh. well, you know, you know, when when Data's in a shuttle that blows up, they're all going crazy trying to find out what's happened. Um, but yeah, but with scientists, it's like, well, when a guy they haven't met gets killed in a shuttle, then a Ferengi scientist is found dead. They're all about meh. Yeah, it's but like, Data was a member of their crew. So, so if the floor of the episode, I'd say it's maybe the out of character for these guys to be so blase and dismissive of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. They were all just out of character. I want to find out who wrote this episode. It probably isn't going to help me at all, but... <laughs> I'd be like, was this just like a random person who wrote this episode? 
I suppose I could just load it up on Netflix and then pause it at the beginning. It was written by Joe Minoski and Naren Shankar. I don't actually recognize those names, but that doesn't mean um, anything. <laughs> um, I think I think Joe Minoski went carried on writing through Voyager and is definitely in first series of Discovery who was on staff. Okay, so, so he should have known the characters. I don't know, maybe they just kind of were like... Yeah, yeah. Was this episode just um, like the season's throwaway? I, I'm kind of like... <laughs> Ah, we need an ep- we didn't we did an idea this week. I'll we'll just make it a Beverly episode and nobody'll care in the future. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was the twenty second episode of the season. So it may well have been they were getting yeah. a little bit tired by that point. But um I kind of like you know, I I kind of forgive it just because actually Gates McFadden carries this episode really well. Oh, she's amazing. So kind of like I can I can let it go because it is just so good to see her being so flipping awesome. It's yeah. great to see her face down a Klingon scientist with no fear. Oh, I love that. Like, I just, it's one of those moments where you, you get that, like, when you're, when you're watching Harry Potter or reading the Harry Potter seventh book, you know, not my daughter, you bitch. Like, it's that same sort of feeling of, like, mm. you're going to have to try harder. And it's like, yeah, you know, strong, you know, woman. And then we do nothing. <laughs> We don't see her strong, you know. It's 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 a bit yeah. of a like roller coaster with the here's a strong woman doing something, but and eh, never mind. Mm. We tried. Yeah, but she, she does continue through. She 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 does pursue it, and I I, I like the bit where she goes to try and access the autopsy records because she has this idea about um yeah about checking Jabril's corpse again for that particular whatever it was uh, tetron particles. But she can't and get in because her access is revoked. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Alyssa's in. just like, nope, nope, I'll do it. Yeah. Here you go. No problem. So it's good because... You know, it, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. Don't help me. Are you giving me an order? Uh, yeah. Well, you're not my boss. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... You got fired, so I can do what I want. How is it Beverly's most loyal friend? You know, how is it that her most loyal friend out of all of this is her nurse? Because her nurse is the one who was on, under Beverly's direct command, <laughs> like, and this would be why Beverly would be a flipping awesome captain. Well, true. Because the, the people under her command would be that loyal. Well, of course. So, so I, I yeah. Of course I totally they are. Love that. But, you know, but it was just one of those things where you were like, wow, so, so Alyssa, who, in theory, because Beverly was fired, Beverly is no longer her superior, and she could have just like hit an alert button to get security to like remove her from mm-hmm. sick bay. But she's just like, no, nah, I believe you. Something's weird here. Let's, you know, I'll help you. <laughs> like, that's loyalty. Yeah. You know, yeah. that that's the kind of loyalty that you should have had out of the rest of the crew. Yeah. You know, Picard should have been like, yeah, let's get let, let's get to the bottom of this. What can I do to help you? You know, she shouldn't be sneaking into the shuttle bay and taking out a shuttle with help. Yeah. Like, and how badass is that as well? I know. She's just like, I know I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, but you could die. And she's like, no, I'm yeah. right. Yeah. She is completely like, yeah, I'm totally right. And she manages to lock out the, sh- the shuttle's controls so data can't even override yes! them. I mean, that's <laughs> not going to be easy. Yes. And it's like, no, I mean, which again just goes to show you how intelligent this woman Absolutely. is. You know that she's not just a doctor; she's a scientist. She knows engineering. You know, and you're like, but 
how? <sighs> if Data couldn't get it undone, yeah. like, what did she do? She, she, yeah, she's. Um, that's that's pretty incredible. It's all. It's it, it's a very quick moment, but you, when you look look back at it, you think actually everything she did there took a lot more than it seems. Yeah, I mean, and plus she actually had to know how to pilot the shuttle, which. I would imagine there aren't that many doctors who could pilot a shuttle. Um, I, I mean, I, I imagine some level of piloting would be taught at the academy, but uh, I, I don't imagine she gets a lot of chance to like hone yeah. those skills. But remember, though, she also she also passed her commander exam, so she could sit in you know so that she could sit mm. in the command chair. She didn't just get handed her pips because she was the yeah. chief medical officer so you know that's determination as well like she's just mm. such determined woman that she was like yeah you can give me a commander because i'm the, the cmo but yeah. damn it i'm yeah. earning those pips she, she keeps those skills she maintains those skills herself and, and improves them I think. so there's a lot of doctors who wouldn't bother who wouldn't be like keep up yeah. the piloting or anything like that or certainly wouldn't bother to learn and um and then when Jabril comes out, she she literally fights him. Yeah, and she like kicks that phaser, and doesn't even look at it. She just shoots it, and it puts that hole in him, as you say. Yeah. And then just she just hits a couple buttons on the phaser, and vaporizes him. And you're like, wow. Yeah. Like to me, that takes a lot as yeah. well because how many people would just be like, I'm just gonna kill you. <laughs> You know, because mm. usually it'd be like stunned. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Picard doesn't kill people; he has them stunned. If I shot the guy in a hole in, in through the middle of him like that, and he was still coming, well, I'm not sure I would think fast enough to reset the phaser and just vaporize him. I'd be like, "Shit, there's a flipping yeah. hole in him. What am I going to do now?" <laughs> um, by which point, like, he's probably just shoot more holes in him. <laughs> but now she's just like, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just she's mm. a very quick thinker, and, and as we say, it's just such a, just such an amazing episode, and nobody cares about it. I mean, last year at DST, I was walking around wearing, you know, the brown dress with the green shirt and everything. And oh. what are you dressed up as? Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, okay, here's a hint. <laughs> I was fired. And then they're like, no, I still don't then, get it. And then he shot a hole in them. And then they worked it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I shot a hole in someone. <laughs> but yeah, it was just so weird that like, because to me, it's, as you say, it's a Beverly episode. Mm. It's an important episode. But people are just like, eh, whatever. And maybe because it wasn't, again, it had aliens in the episode, but there wasn't like fighting and shooting and, you know, as we've said, little Picard, little date. Maybe that's why people aren't such a fan of it. There is action in this episode. There's tension. That fight on the shuttle, I think, is pretty, is is really awesome. There is a murder mystery, and I yeah, I I'm 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 into that. I, I'm drawn in. You know, I can watch that again, and I'm like, and you know, I know, I know the outcome, but I love watching Beverly go through it. I love her sort of taking this role on. Um, I kind of like seeing. I think no one else is going to do anything yeah. about this, I mean, so I'm going to go solve the mystery. She takes it all on herself, but she carries that whole episode, and it's just fantastic watch. Yeah, and I just wonder, you know, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. <laughs> 
went out my head. <laughs> it was going to be something very profound. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> but you just look at, as I say, you just, like you, I can watch this episode over and over and find things that I didn't really see the first time. Yeah. And um, that make you go, oh, look at that. Um, you know, and even the interaction when she like she brings these random scientists together and she's like, you know, my first scientific diplomatic um, mission or whatever. And you're like that even that takes a level of mm. skill to sit there and convince, you know, a Klingon, a Vulcan and and um, what's he a Takaran? Takaran, yeah. Takaran, yeah. 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 You know, to convince these people, and a Ferengi, obviously, but even to get them to believe and listen to the Ferengi, mm. <laughs> you know, that, that definitely takes a lot of really good people skills. Yeah. That, you know, that she was able to bring those people together. Yes. Um, because, yeah, like, Vul Vulcans are scientists that much, you know, we all get that. We can understand that. But a Klingon scientist? Like, <laughs> Wow. You know, Ferengi scientist. Yeah. I, I kind of like that this episode does sort of acknowledge, well, you know, actually other races will have scientists as well. Yeah, we can have... Yeah, they have to. Yeah, oh yeah, the Klingons you know, aren't going to get by with just everyone who's ready to fight. Yeah. But you never see them because obviously most mostly what we see are the battleships and, you know, the, the warriors and, you know, Gowron and Martok and... Yeah, the Duras sisters, and you're like, oh, um, you know, and that was also interesting as well because because um, Karak was actually dressed fairly conservative for being a Klingon woman based on what we had seen of previous mm. Klingon women, and uh, and so even there, you're like, yes, mm, that's interesting because she's a scientist, so you know, she's dressed more conservatively. Um, she's quieter, except for when she got mad, but that's kind of a Klingon trait. <laughs> you know, so, so you also, mm. in this episode, got to see sort of other sides of some of the species. And then you never see a Klingon scientist again. <laughs> Unless you count Balana Torres. Oh, yeah, that's true, true. Although, but she's half human, so... I don't really know. Yeah, but I mean, she's... she's her and Janeway get science yeah. and together. That is true. That is true. Maybe that's at the groundwork for it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I also like the um, that Kirok is played by the same actress who played the captain of the Enterprise C in yesterday's Enterprise. Mm, yeah. It's Rachel Garrett. Although it did take me a while to work that out. Yeah. It took me a long time to work that out. <laughs> you sit there and you stare at her in the Klingon makeup and you go, I, I know who you mm. are. Yeah. I know who when you she... are. Why do I know who you are? The voice did it for me. Yeah. You scour IMDb and you're like, oh, that makes mm. sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, what's, what's also quite interesting, um, Jabril, the Takaran scientist, the actor who plays him, comes back and plays the tactical officer in Descent Part 2 when they use the metaphasic shielding to go inside a star and hide from the Borg ship. Oh, wow. I know. That's, kind oh, of, that's, that's a, interesting. That, that's quite an awesome little connection. It's the, that act is there both times for the metaphasic shielding. 
I see, but they use the metaphasic shielding. Yeah, yeah. So obviously episode, it works. This episode gets referenced heavily through Descent. And wasn't Beverly in charge of the Enterprise during Descent? Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she yeah, was kind of like... in command and destroyed a Borg ship. I know this works, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, she, she destroyed a Borg ship, so, yeah. you know, this, this Beverly Crusher is not to be messed with. No, don't mess uh, with Bev. <laughs> no. She yeah. will not be afraid, she will not back down. No, she's and not. She, she can blow your ass up even if you're a Borg ship, so. She's yeah. just, as I say, I, this is, you know, one of the reasons why I absolutely love Beverly is because it, she's always just amazing. And nobody ever seems to take notice. No, no, she does amazing stuff, and she's massively overlooked for it. And it's a, it's a crying shame. Uh, uh, definitely underappreciated, I think. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I would definitely. I mean, because most people are like, you know, oh, Deanna Troy is awesome, and you're like, Beverly's mm, awesome. I mean, I like yeah. Deanna. Beverly's well, awesome. Yeah, she is. Uh... But then most people just see her as like Wesley's mom. Yeah. You know, like, oh, it's just Wesley's mom. Yeah, but no, she's... You're like, but can we take a moment and actually acknowledge, like, <laughs> everything yeah. she's done? Yeah, she's... Uh, there's a load of her. I think this, this episode is so good for, for her character because it, it's just... It's just a... It's a fantastic thing, um, episode for her. It's a shame it came towards the end of yeah. the whole entire, you know, run of the show. <laughs> Cause, this cause is the same thing that happens with Troy as well. Um, she gets great stuff like um, Face of the Enemy, but yeah. she doesn't get it till the Series Six. Yeah, it's like, yeah, mm. look, you're 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 cool now. Um, you know, and it definitely, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, <laughs> again, lost the train of thought. That's okay. but, but yeah, I feel like, you know, almost as almost as if they felt like, oh, hey, we have these two female characters. Let's actually do stuff with them. So we've not really solved the mystery of why this episode isn't popular. No, uh, yeah, I, I still think it just has to do with it not being a Picard-centric episode. Yeah. You know, or a Data episode or anything like that, because they're hardly in it. Yeah. That that's the only only thing I can think of is that yeah. that's why it's not liked as much. I, I mean, is just I, because the main cast isn't. I, I can't think of any good reason for it not to be popular. I, I find it massively enjoyable. So uh, yeah, and yeah, we're all everyone's different. We've all got different tastes, but uh, I just think there's a lot to enjoy in this episode. It's one I will always always enjoy watching. Yeah, yeah. I would say this one, it's, well, it's a Beverly episode, so obviously I love to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, <laughs> let, let, let's be honest, it, it, it's Beverly, so I'm going to watch it. Um, but yeah, I, I, it definitely is just underrated, and people need to give it, a, give it another mm. watch and sort of take notice of all of these, you know, um, just look at how Beverly handles it, how she looks at the mystery, and she's very determined to you know find the answer to this mystery of how did Rega die which to be honest wouldn't you want to know how some like you know i mean because before yeah. she starts investigating the murder she's looking at it from the doctor's point of view 
you know, being the chief medical officer and she needs to know how people die. Like, yeah. that's, that's her job. So, yeah, it's just it's just a shining example of uh, Beverly Crusher being flipping brilliant. Is uh, would be my short summary of this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely, definitely agree with you on that. It's it's the Bev kicks. It's one of the Bev kicks ass episodes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. I think that probably about wraps it up. Unless you have any burning issues you should raise about the episode. Not really. Although I did just discover that the doc, Doctor Rega, played two yeah. other um, Ferengi on TNG. <laughs> oh, really? Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, he was uh, Nibor in Menage Troy. And he was Berta in Bloodlines. Or Birta? Berta? Birta? I don't know. And then he was also in Year of Hell. He played uh, the Commandant. Flipping heck. I would not have guessed that was the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and even the three Ferengi look completely different. I would, yeah. Um, but I did think when he was speaking, when Rega first spoke, I was like, I've heard this voice before. <laughs> and I was trying to like run through all the Ferengi actors, wow. you know, and I was like, okay, well, it's not Iron Man and it's not Max. And wow. I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but I kind of sort of recognized his voice. So that's actually kind of an interesting that they used him a couple of times. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's really impressive. I, I, I would not have thought it was. Yeah, the fact he was the Krenim guy would not have connected him at all. Huh, amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, makeup's amazing. <laughs> well, I think that brings us back to the end of our discussion on suspicions. So um, thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming on and talking, uh, well, just raving about Beverly Crusher with me. Absolutely. We had a um, fantastic time to just talk about how great she is. Um, <laughs> yeah, you really uh, don't have to twist my arm too hard to get me to talk about how amazing <laughs> Beverly Crusher is. <laughs> Let's be honest. No, uh, no. Um, uh, did you want to just let people know where they can find you on the internet if they want to hear more about how Beverly Crusher is? Sure. Uh, so on Twitter, my usual Twitter handle is Anna on the Moon. It's A N N A on the Moon. Um, I also run the Gates Daily page, which is Gates underscore Daily, where I post daily pictures of Gates McFadden. Because in case you didn't realize, really like Gates McFadden. Uh, and then a couple friends and I run the Picard Needs Bev page. So you know, for for all of your shipper needs. Um, and you can find that at Picard Needs Bev or hashtag Picard Needs Bev because, you know, yeah, can't help it. Excellent. <laughs> right. So, um, okay. Well, thank you very much uh, to everyone for listening. Um, this is a kind of a test pilot go. And um, if if this uh, if reaction to these episodes is good, I might make this a regular podcast series. So please do let me know if you're enjoying this uh, these attempts at finding the good stuff in less popular episodes. Um and please come back next week for more Ten Backward. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Do you realize how incredible this is? That's tradition. You ever noticed that bum? What? That bum. Oh, no. I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loweredexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10backward, 
10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at lowerdexradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund our ongoing projects like... Uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash lowerdexradio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love it if you could subscribe to us on however you get your podcasts through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or we're on various third-party apps. And if you could leave us a review on any of those, that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative. Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name. 10 Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? 10 Backward. 10 Backward.